G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser known players, the ones that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Not too bad Hef, yourself? Oh, I'm pretty pumped mate, I finally had a win on the weekend. Third, In the home league? Home league, yep. Holy Third shit. one of the season mate, uh, I'm only three games out of this, the top six now. don't think I'm going to get there somehow. But, no, uh, you're not. Yeah. Let's be honest. I've got another bottom three candidate next week or next round after the buyers. After the buyers. And so, could go to four if I'm lucky. And I should have a few more players back from injury by then too. Well, you scored 15-19, so. which isn't horrible. You would have beaten five other teams this week. So, yeah. that's pretty good Mid-range. Yeah, yeah. As like I said, I'm getting a few players back from injury now. Apparently, uh, Xavier Dersma started ramping up his running this week. And a few players like Will Day, Jed Anderson, only a couple of weeks away for me. So, should be good. Should be good. But the, so good, thing, go. the good news is for everyone, not only did I win again in the home league, but... Um, Everyone's just cheering about that. We played the uh, we played each other in the podcasters league this week. Oh and, god, uh, what happened there? The league that you're actually good in, <laughs> I beat you by what do we got? Twenty eight points. Twenty eight points. I knew it was close. You know, in everything, like in every league. I was absolutely smashing Saturday night and I was thinking like there's absolutely no way I can lose any of these leagues or put up a bad score. And then I think in everything, like in Classic, in um, in my keeper leagues, like everything just – my team just stopped still in all of them. So, like I still could have a line in the home league, but I think I lost every other league game that I was playing. Well, especially because you always have a plethora of port players and they just beat up on Fremantle too. Yeah. Well, I don't in the um, in the podcasters no, league. Don't. That's the issue. So well, I'm yeah. now equal with you, seven and four in the podcasters league and you've been bagging my team all year. Oh, that's disgusting. I don't have enough midfielders in that team, but uh, we won't talk about our home, our home league teams and our and Paddy uh, Lipinski's getting back in a form. No, we'll Matty Flynn's the number one. We'll talk so about him bit later, but uh, this is a buy rounds case. So, this could mm. be a pretty boring week for some or could be pretty exciting for others. So, have you heard what we're doing this weekend now? No, I haven't checked the group chat. What's going on? So, we're thinking about, just to keep it interesting. Yep. Uh, we'll have a little podcast, uh, sorry, a Keep Lead podcast sponsored event. Oh, will we? Yeah. How much do we have to put into that? No, we're just going to get some Zambreros vouchers for uh, our our people. We're oh. going to talk to Zambreros. Okay. No, this is- Plugging our sponsor. Okay. Anyway, so I, basically, you have to. I haven't taught us in Paris, have you? <laughs> no, but we will. This is, okay. this is a future half and case problem. Oh, okay. But so every coach submits one player who's averaging under 60 each week. Yeah. Right. And they've got to be the highest. So it's basically, we've got 12 teams in our league. Yeah. The bottom four scores of that weekend, you cut. You can't win. Oh, okay. All right. And then the next four, and then the next round, you submit another averaging under 60 player. Yeah. Bottom four scores cut. And then round 14 of the bye rounds, you've got four teams left. Yeah. They submit another averaging under 60 player. That's great because I'll have a plethora of players averaging under 60. I've got like 60, five to so. pick from. Yeah, you yeah. probably got, oh, got half 23 team. to yeah, pick from. Yeah. Sick. So you are you are in the box seat to win yourself some fans. I think James Warple could be averaging under 60 <laughs> yeah, almost. So, yeah. Nick Coffey would probably Anyway, well. we're just yeah. going to keep it fresh. <laughs> We've got our uh, mid-season draft coming up too, which we'll, we'll talk about when that takes place as well. Yeah. There's a few people on the uh, that waiver wire. But yeah, there's a, there's a few leagues out there that um, do play through the buy round. So they're mad and they just want to try to, you know, put the best, you know, just want to up, have a few upset wins and stuff like that. Mm. There's a few options. Like if you want, you could actually take averages um, for each player if you're willing to manually work them out and adjust scores on, say, Ultimate Footy or an AFL Fantasy if you're using the um, custom scoring. Sorry, not the custom scoring, but manually adjust scores or whatever it's called, manually edit scores. So there are ways to actually play through them and still like put up reasonable fair scores mm-hmm. as well. So there's some things you can do. But then, yeah, if you like um, us, you just come up with some other competitions and do your mid-season, buy, uh, mid-season draft and stuff like that in there as well. Um, we used to do 
a like state of origin type thing where it was yeah. half the league onto the other half league. Whaler versus the world, mm-hmm. or Whaler versus Birmingham. Everyone who wasn't from Whaler because half our league's from Whaler. Um, shout out to any Whaler listeners that are out there. I know there are a few actually. So um, yeah, so they we used to do that. So that's kind of a fun. We on a spreadsheet would just make the best team out of you know six teams to combine type thing and yep, have a state good. of origin best of three over the three by rounds. So that was good fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or otherwise you can just have a few weeks off and put your feet up and not focus on uh, um, your keep league at it's all. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah, some people want that. But uh, yeah, one thing we will be focusing on heavily is how much Remedy Kombucha we can drink on this podcast, that's for sure. There's a heap. One thing I was going to say about that, because if you are in one of those leagues where you play waiver wires yeah. and we do have three weeks off, this is actually a time when some coaches can switch off. So if you're actually keeping a tab of who's playing well, you know, listening to our waiver wire podcast, listening to some of the tips that we're giving, you might actually be able to get someone who, because no one else is thinking about it, they're like, oh, I just have, don't, don't have to think about fantasy for, you know, three weeks. Mm. You could be the one who all of a sudden pulls a few sweet sneaky moves, drops a couple of injured players onto the waiver wire, picks up a couple of young guns, and you could actually turn your team's fortune around in a three-week period. All right, guys, that's enough legitimate fantasy advice. Let's get back to talking about Remedy Kombucha. Sorry, okay? I got excited. <laughs> like the people want to hear about Remedy, all right? Not fantasy advice. Uh, but yeah, thanks to Remedy Kombucha for sponsoring us and putting some drinks uh, in our hands while we do the show, keeping us refreshed. So I chucked refreshing. them in the fridge at exactly 6.30. It's now just gone past 8 o'clock, so they're icy cold and the perfect temperature. So if you want to get your hands on some Remedy Kombucha so you can experience the same, head to remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and use the keep uh, the coupon KEEPER. 20 at checkout mm. score yourself 20% off and free shipping so if you like kombucha get into it anyway and the other one we've already mentioned Sambreros a little bit but they're looking after our listeners each week they're giving away a burrito for you and a mate if you are the lucky winner so Kays who is our Zambrero winner this week drum roll we're going to Hobart in Tasmania Mitch Swan, the now, winner. I've heard of Hobart before. I've um, been to Hobart, so I don't, have to, I don't have to look that up on Google Maps. It's yeah. great. I'm never. It's. I'm, I'm assuming if my geography is correct, it's like the southern side of Tasmania. Correct. Right? Yeah. Good. Good. And which side drinks? It is Bogues the capital. Which right? side drinks Cascade? That's the big question. <laughs> oh, I reckon is Cascade Hobart. Correct. Yeah, because I know the traders are Launceston and they used to talk about Bogues. So basically, yeah. there's a split down the middle of Tasmania, and yep. if you ask for a Bogues in Hobart, yeah, they'll bottle you, and if you ask for a Cascade in Launceston, they'll bottle you. Isn't that the same here between Coopers and West End? Before but there's not West like End a divide of the city, yeah, or the true. State, yeah, okay. Like it's literally enough. like there must be some weird beer border in Tasmania, and if you cross it, yeah. There's no going back. Well, I don't think you can get Cascade or Bogues in Zambrero restaurants, but you can get Remedy Kombucha. So, tasty. Maybe maybe just all that. Have a truce. You know, it's a one-piece um, keeping agreement. And it's, everyone drinks Remedy Kombucha in Tasmania. But I will okay. say Cascade draft is better than Bogues draft. No. That may upset a lot of listeners, but it's They're it's all mass-produced rubbish to me. So. They're not. Cascade I'm comes a, to the beautiful waters of Tasmania. Still mass-produced. I'm a, a craft beer snob, small batch type of guy. Yeah. Slash wanker. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. So, anyway, uh, yeah, if you want to join the competition, uh, head to our website, keepleague.com pod.com.au slash Zambrero. Chuck your name down there and you might be the lucky winner read out on the podcast next week. Anyways, let's get into the round rewind. All right, into the round rewind, the section where we look at every game on the weekend and try to identify the most Keeper League worthy players in the competition so that, uh, yeah, you can pick them up or keep an eye on 
who's performing well. So let's take a look at Hayden Crozier, just another podcast One of my favorites. favorite. Had 111 points, had a beautiful halfback role like he usually does, averaging 73 this season, but that was his biggest score of the year. And, you know, he's a player that's never going to be 2G4P, I don't think, mm. but he's always going to be relevant to us, but he'll always have a place here. You know, you're home here, Hayden mm. Crozier. Uh, Patrick Lipinski had 95 points and after oh. being dropped three times Oracle. this season. Oracle, Oracle, I can hear it. It's every shouting from the mountaintops. Kaze, I reckon like you you called it like he'll still be fine after like at the start of the season when he had all those midfielders. Just needs in. opportunity, mate. I think Blind Freddy could have seen that he was going to go okay when Dunkley and Trelaw are out. So stop your Oracle nonsense with this one. You were wrong for 11 weeks and it took everyone getting injured for him to finally get a roll. <laughs> the, believer, the believers got paid on the weekend, brother. <laughs> anyway, I've got him in a league. Don't you worry. Uh, look- Playing on the wing on Friday, had a good fantasy role. And like I said, with the injuries to that in that midfield, he's he's right for the picking now. Should be a good selection for a while. Um, I don't know about the long-term longevity of him. Kays reckons he will get traded, but I can't, I don't know. Some people like staying at the club that they're at, so can't guarantee that one. But uh, yeah, for the time being, he's going to be a good fantasy scorer, I think. And we, we've seen him do you know nice things in fantasy in the past. So, mm-hmm. Pay Lipinski, get on board for a few weeks while there's oh, some yeah. opportunity there. Oh, yeah. James Harden's had 97 points. Midfield role is back full time as we've touted, you know, heaps of times. I think K is listed as a defender. He needs to be 2G4P for the rest of this year. Yes, if he yeah, obviously he's got that. Yeah. But do you worry that it's gone? Like Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So he'll be a B2P candidate at the end of the year, probably, because he'll probably average 80 for the rest of the year. Um, which is so fine for a so for a defender. Isn't it? But yeah. But there's no point talking about him this year because he's gonna be good. I still think he's a sell high if you're not contending, mm. because if you can sell him as a defender to someone who needs a defender and is contending, uh, you might be able to get some good back in return. Big time. Uh Bailey Fritch had eighty seven points, bounced back after only twenty six against the Crows last week. So he's averaging sixty two, just so up and down this year. We thought having a few extra key forwards up there might take the heat off but I don't know we haven't seen actually Ben Brown play consistently to actually take any heat off and yeah it looks like they just the ball's going to Tom McDonald instead of him so yeah um, but yeah look kicked uh, let's no, sorry let's go on to Alex Neil Bullen uh, 76 points playing high up the ground uh, on a wing this week. And I think he did that last week as well. Um, so not a huge score, but had 12 kicks and three handles. So that's a good ratio. Mm-hmm. And I guess having 76 points was good, just didn't rely on goals again as a result. So last two weeks, I don't think he's kicked a goal, but he still scored reasonably well. And as listed as a forward, I think he's, I'm just liking him more and more as an option up forward. He's only averaging 62, but he had a lot, really low score in the 20s, I think, which hurts his average as well. But he's looking okay. Um, and James Jordan had 71 points, uh, 70% time on ground. Sure. Short term, I think you've got to be worried about Viney returning in the coming weeks because mm. I think he's going to drop right down and hopefully it coincides, um, I guess, with, with the buy rounds and things like that. So it doesn't happen, you know, doesn't affect your team too much. But I think going forward, it might be a bit of a worry. But for the future, long term, you've got a good player in hand. Yeah, agreed. And like, you always figure someone like uh, Angus Brayshaw or whatever kind of seems to be on the edge. Like, I know he plays a particular role for that side, but, mm. you know, there always seems to be maybe it's James Harms or Matt. You know, like, I just feel with Melbourne, there's always one guy who's going to be either out of form or injured in that, you know, big midfield rotation. So I think as a play to have going forward, like, I think he's a great, great long term op- uh, proposition for your team. Yeah, I reckon so too. Um, On to Collingwood versus Geelong. Uh, neither Kays and I could watch this game on Saturday. So big shout out to Simo who writes the um, streamers and captain, captains and streamers article for us every Thursday and Friday whenever it comes out. Um, yeah, he had a look at this game for us. So big shout out to him and thank you for helping us out when we couldn't uh, get our eyeballs on this game. But uh, look, 
apparently, according to his notes, Jordan Dugowie was electric. So, apparently, he was playing heaps on the ball. And I've heard this from a few sources as well. So, he had 109. Can you trust him yet, Case? Well, he's in my team and I had him on my yeah. bench this week. And now, we're not playing loopholes. So, I was like oh, ripping yeah. my hair out. Uh, I got screwed I'm- over by that as well because I put the VC on um, Steel because I was like, oh, I'll just mm. see what he goes and I'll mm. switch it over. Yeah. We just switch it over and realise we're completely yeah. locked down. I was like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> the guy's supposed to go on 40-40. I was like, nah. Fuck you, Jordan. You're on the bench. And then he pulls this out and I was praying for an injury for once in my life. But, oh, jeez, uh, that's harsh. Yeah, that's, that's evil. But anyway. Well, not injury. A late, a late withdrawal. Don't worry. Like We're that. all guilty of it, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Darcy Cameron, he had 109 points and he was good in the ruck uh, while, when Grundy went down. So, mm. um, yeah, look, it's come out the same. Grundy's out for two to three weeks. So, yep. he should be a pretty handy option over the next few weeks. Now, I've done the dumb thing in our league case, in the mm. podcast league, where I own mm. Grundy and I didn't pick Cameron because I don't think he's a ruck anyway in fantasy. He is. Right oh, forward he? status, yep. Oh, okay. Maybe it's in classic. DPP. He's not. Yeah. Um, so, I was a bit worried about that. At the start of the year, he wasn't. So, I picked Max Lynch instead. So, hopefully, he comes in, but I don't see that happening. Well, yeah. Like, could be serious like points for Darcy Cameron. Oh, there's going to be. Absolutely. But the good thing is if you're not playing through buyers, it might not actually affect your team. Yeah, it's true, actually. Mm-hmm. So I think we are in the league. So, uh, I think I've got No, Pitnet. we are. I've We're got, playing through the kit. We're I've playing got, through our podcast. I've got Pitnet on the bench, so hopefully he holds for the next few weeks. Uh, Braden Sire, he had his best game of the season. So, he had 96 and I think not he returned hard. after this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he got nine marks uh, around the ground, so that was kind of a boost of his scoring. Now, the thing is with that, and we'll talk about this, I think there's a question about him later, but mm. Pendlebury's been playing no time in the midfield because mm. he's got a bunk finger. So I'm just worried about what this might mean if his finger does get better and he well, returns Taylor to the Adams is out for another two to three weeks now as yeah. well. So, you know, like there's opportunities there. I think I was actually talking to Sim about this um, <clears throat> via Twitter on during the week. It's like, do you trust someone like Sire? Because he's had opportunity this season and been putting up 50s and 60s and that kind of thing. Like, great. Look, honestly, good to see him get a 96. Like, yeah, sweet. But, uh, you know, full strength cut, uh, Collingwood, are we really trusting him? I'm not I'm no, not sure not long term. I'm not trusting him. But it's definitely on the radar now, so we'll monitor that one. Uh, Quainer was good on the G as well. He, um, he had 92 points. And the Magpies, like, clearly run the ball out of defense through him. When you think about the injuries they've got, and they're playing players like Maynard. Um, so, I guess, yeah, you got Howe injured. And then they're playing like Maynard, like, as a fullback at the moment, which is mm-hmm. shocking for his fantasy output. But it looks like they're really moving the ball through him. Crisp is in the midfield as well. So, that's the other one I was thinking of. So, he's actually one of the key pillars um, in moving the ball out of defense. So, Quainer is he's putting together a nice little run now of scoring. So, he's definitely one to look at going forward. And Darcy Moore was also impressive uh, as an intercept defender. He scored 83. Dare say, had a few marks in uh, throughout this game as well. Now, Bianco debuted on the weekend, so he was a big underage fantasy scorer, and he had 71 points, and Polt had 66, and apparently they are both playing through the midfield as well. So um, they've shown they could be good like future fantasy scorers. Mm. And then Bianco, just of note, had 33 points in the first quarter, and I was listening to this on the radio, so I was getting pretty excited about it, but he seemed to die off a little bit after that. First game. Yeah. You know, young kid. I think like both Bianco and Polter, you've got to be super buoyed by what's happened, you know, especially Polter the last six weeks. Yeah. Uh, super, super great for fantasy long term. Now, Pendlebury's 2G4 people. We talked about his lack of midfield time at the moment, but he's spending heaps of time up forward. So that's just a bit of a DPP monitor 
there, but I don't know how long he stays there. Um, when his finger gets better, he might go straight back into that midfield. Um, and then Dacos is someone else who's been talked about quite a bit over this season because he's so up and down. Um, he spent a bit of time on the ball and on the wing and forward as well, but could only manage 51 points, so nothing awe-inspiring there. And at the moment, I'm still kind of shying away from Dacos until he can mm. kind of show some consistency, I think. Yeah. Uh, on to Geelong. So Quinton Narkle had a lot of time on the ball. He had uh, 26 in the first quarter, but then slowed right down after that and only had 61 points for the game. And you can't really blame his time on ground this week because he had 83% time on ground, so it wasn't an excuse. He was your streamer of the week, Hayes. Mm. No good. We'll talk about my streamer later. Uh, Max yeah. Holmes, uh, he's another one who started really well. 23-point first quarter, but then faded off, finishing with 57. Um, look, he's got speed and skills, but he probably doesn't have a spot in the best 22 at the moment. So um, he's not really one on the radar too much just yet. Uh, Reece Stanley was a late in for Blitzarves, scored 91. So we've always talked about Stanley as a good fantasy scorer when he can actually play and get a game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know how much this he holds. If Blitzarv comes back pretty soon, um, yeah, I don't know how long Reece Stanley actually plays in. I think Asava Radigalia actually went up for the first few hitouts as well, so he wasn't actually probably the number one ruck, I don't know, as much it's as crazy. you can read into it. So, yeah, it's a bit different, but I don't know. See what happens with Stanley. If he plays as a good fantasy scorer, and he's probably worth owning for the times he does play, but then you just got to make sure you've got uh, a good handcuff for him anyway. Mm. Uh, Henderson had 60 against the Pies. Um, it's probably, yeah, unders for him because there's been lots of, um, you know, key defenders scoring well against him the last few weeks. And he's had a lot big last three weeks as well. So, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, Collingwood just leaked points to defenders in general. So, it's probably disappointing that people, he only went to 60. But, um, look, it's Henderson. He's a key back. We can kind of forgive him for that mm. anyway. Moving on to the Brisbane versus GWS game. At the Gabba, and I'm on a roll, so I'll keep this one going. Keep it rolling, Heffy. Uh, Mitch Robertson had 147 points, so he's back to a permanent midfield role, essentially. Hasn't gone under 80 in five weeks, and he's averaging 111 from his last three. This begs the question, Kays, is he 2G4P? <sighs> I think so. Yeah, it's annoying. But- like, because... If you if you if you're going for a flag, you want him. So yeah. you're gonna you've been trading for him, you know, like he's not a surprise anymore. He's not a secret anymore, I should say. Nah, absolutely. Yeah, he's someone that you kind of need, eh? You, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Two G four P. Now Oscar McInerney had hundred and six points and it was a dominant ruck display. He had thirty hitouts, um, twenty disposals and a goal. And he's actually been good over the past three weeks. Um had some injury concerns earlier on in the year, which probably could have been holding him back a little bit, I'm suspecting. Mm. So it'll be interesting to sorry, interested to see how he goes over the next month. Cause at the end of last year he looked like a top five ruck potential. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, Steph Martin leaving the club and that. But I think We've been disappointed in his output, but I think a lot of that's probably been put down to a lingering ankle injury or a lower leg injury, whatever it was. Mm. Um, so, he's just one I really want to monitor because if he's on the up at the moment, he could go okay. Now, okay, one of your boys, yes. Reese Beast Mode, Matheson. Oh, yeah. 84 points. He's just playing really well. He's getting midfield clock, spending a bit of time up forward. Um, the coach loves him, plays his role each week. Should continue for a while. We'll see what happens when Neil comes back. But he's listening as a forward, so he's absolutely gold at the moment. So if you've got him, be happy with him. Just get around him. Yeah, no, he's a good player. Well, he's a you know a wild unit, but uh, <laughs> I don't know about good player. But he's, he's a great player. Yeah, he's, he's serving. A he's the right hard soul. He's the barometer. Yeah, he he loves it, and he's super weird too. Um, Devin Robertson, one of my boys now, seventy nine points, and another game where he featured heavily in the midfield rotations. Had twenty disposals. Got involved in the uh, junk time plus six as well, which is a really good sign. Um, just kind of tells me he's getting in the right spots to receive it. And uh, yeah, you know. When 
Brisbane try to keep the ball off the opposition, he'll get involved in those little chip rounds. So, yeah, he's building, I think. I'm not sure if he keeps forward status next year. Um, probably not the way he's playing, but I don't think that's going to matter because we know his fantasy pedigree as a junior. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a good fantasy scorer going forward, I feel. Yeah, the more I see this guy, the more I'm convinced he's going to be a fantasy player. Second to last pick in our draft case, 31 to me. It's pretty happy with that. Yeah. Good um, to know the un-oracle gets one every now and then. The un-oracle. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ash, Lockie Ash, and I'm going to talk about um, I was at coming as well. So 113 points and 111 points respectively. They're two G4P, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, both of them. See both of them. Yep. Cool. Just Love lashes. He's my boy. And then they got Whitfield back there. He's kind of spending a bit more time on halfback. I just don't get it. They're just all racking up. Uh, Shane Mumford got injured, so hopefully this means it's Flynn season for a bit. Um, Bruce had another setback as well, so hopefully mm. it means we can rely on Flynn for a little bit longer. Bit of Flynn sanity. Jeez, yep. the Oracles trade in the keep in the uh, podcasters leagues just looking better each week. No, it's not because he gave up Whitfield and Canelio. Hey, guess who <laughs> beat you last week? You're only as good as your last game, and I beat you. My saying is you're only as good as your next game. Keeps you on your toes. How do you even know that? Exactly. That's it. You got to mm. you got to back it up to be to be good. You can't rest on your last week's performance. You got to back it up next week. Rightio. Anyway, let's give you into a game. Let's yes. talk about St Kilda versus North Melbourne. Yeah. Now, Lukey Dunstan, one hundred and fourteen, one hundred and forty. Sorry, did I tell you or did I tell you last week? I think he you was told my us. he was my waiver wire pickup of the week, and boy. After dominating the VFL, he looked hungry and he showed it. 26 touches and 13 tackles. Now, that's 52 points, Hef, just from tackles right there. So, pretty good. they are the numbers we absolutely love. Um, you can obviously lock him in for a few more games now. Um, was in their best uh, easily on the weekend. So, when he gets a chance, he really lets it down from a fantasy, spe- fantasy perspective. Uh, just one of those guys that, you know, just is always a bit devoid of chances. But uh, if he can get... Solid games. I reckon he's going to be a very solid scorer long term. Uh, Mason Wood had 104 points. The big guy showed he can still match at AFL level. Slotted three snags on the weekend, 18 touches, eight marks, four tackles, which is a genuinely well-rounded game for a big forward. He's actually always shown a bit of fantasy game. Like I know he was a bit of a hot property back in the day in our um, home league half. Um, and he's actually always good for a ton or two um, each year, especially when he was back in his North Melbourne days. So look, I'm not going to get too excited just yet because he just did play the Kangaroos. So, uh, anyone can score big against them. But if he can actually cement a spot in that in that uh, St. Kilda side, I reckon he might be one to monitor because he's one of those guys who can go big in his day and we know that key forwards are scoring well this season. Yeah, I'm never going to get excited about Mason Wood. He just will do things like all the time where he looks like he's the best player in the world and then he'll just revert to type. Just interesting, he's playing against his old club yeah. as well. So, he probably just stood up for that one too. Yeah, I'm just happy to monitor, but yeah, I'm not getting too excited yet. Uh, F, Nick Caulfield, 73 oh, points. Thank goodness. Back from the wilderness. And look, it was okay. Uh, his disposal efficiency has been a bit of a killer for him this year. But look, 17 touches. And I hope he can hold his spot because I, I do think he's a very good player. And look, from a long-term perspective, who are taking the long-term keeper league look, he's actually only 67% owned. So, uh, he's actually been cut by a lot of teams. I reckon he was around the 90% drafted earlier on the year. Yeah. So, definitely worth looking at off the waiver wire if you do have a spot to uh, you know look ahead into the future. Uh, LDU, Luke Davies, Uniac had 94 points. I, I think he's kind of building quite nicely and had his season's PB on Saturday, averaging 81 in his last five games, uh, 23 touches, which is his kind of average for the season. But his kick-to-handball ratio was much more favourable this week than usual. Uh, 63 has been his worst score this season. So he's been pretty solid. And, and I actually do think by the end of this season, he'll be a, a genuine keeper option. Like I think North Melbourne just keep 
needing to get some of these games into these kind of guys. So I'm happy to kind of uh, stick with LDU. Taron Thomas had 92. and Taron, thank you very Tyron, much. Taron, sorry. Uh, there is genuinely something special about Taron. Oh, I, I love watching him play. Had a quiet first half, only had four touches, but worked hard into that second uh, half, had 17 touches for the night and kicked two goals in the last quarter. So, look, I think like his teammate, uh, LDU, I think he's only going to improve if this season goes on. Like, yes, they might not be genuinely setting the world on fire, but I just think they're guys who need to get um, games in midfield time into them. So, potentially doesn't have the ceiling um, as some other guys do, but I think he might be one who just keeps uh, forward status long term. So, I think it's a it's a, it's a a smart play to kind of stick with him. So, 68% owned, which I think is still under, especially with the, um, you know, lack of forwards in the in the comp. Now, Bailey Scott, Hef, another one of your boys. Next boys. Found his way back into the side. 56 Finally. points from him. And look, wasn't a huge score, but I just wanted to know it was an interesting role. So, he basically ran with Brad Hill the whole night, um, tagged him. Now, he kept... Heel to six touches and he had 14 touches himself. So, basically doubled his output. Wait, was Brad Hill playing on a wing? Uh, yeah, through the midfield wing. So, it was like a wing tag. Yeah, well- That's he's, odd. He's apparently the most important player. And then, funnily enough, Brett Ratton came out and said, like, Bailey Scott was, you know, horrible because all he was doing was shutting down Brad Hill, but he actually, like, had more touches than Brad Hill. So, yeah. Brett Ratton's obviously a bit cooked. But, uh, look, the good thing about it is you, if you're playing a tagging role, it's not for everyone, but I don't hate taggers as fantasy options because- Good players are going to lead these guys to the footy. And we know that Bailey Scott actually can find the footy, can use it quite well. So, possibly, if uh, Davey Nobles just said, look, Bailey, this year I need to do a run with Roll each week, you know, builds up his fitness base, builds up his footy smarts. I think it could be good for him long term. And look, at 25%, I think it could be an astute pickup for the future. I hope not because that's just another player I held for way too long, put back, and then it will come good. Um, so, anyway. it's going to happen then. Yeah, it will. You watch. Uh, I'm always – I just – I just time it so poorly. I just give up on these players that I identify early and then uh, I just give up on them and then they come good finally. Anyway, uh, Gold Coast versus Hawthorne. Alex Sexton, he was up forward, kicked, uh, took 10 marks, kicked three goals. It was a big day for him, but definitely not a player. I expect this from every week. More of a tip of the cap, I think. Don't for someone like Sexton. Hawthorne every week, do you? Nah, you don't. Uh, Isaac Rankin also, 99 points. Look, kid is an immense talent. But, again, he's just not the greatest fantasy scorer. Did he kick, like, three goals in the first, like, yep. two minutes? Yes, like he absolutely killed it early. And they only kicked four goals for the game. But, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great game by him. But you just got to wonder how often is he going to do it. Great player in real footy. Just can't see him being a huge fantasy contributor anytime soon. Um, ben King, 92 points, also kicked four goals. Now, they were talking about this on the commentary. They were saying, when do key forwards hit their prime? They say around 25. And he's, like, what, 20? 20, 21. Mm. Yeah. So, like, this kid has got a lot of good footy ahead of him. So, get on that um, board now. I reckon just be patient. He'll be one of the few key forwards that's going to be an absolute jet going forward because he's just got so much talent. Take a grab. Loves kicking goals. Uh, big fan of Ben King and hopefully has a big future ahead of him. Uh, Oleg Markov had 90 points and he's just a real handy player coming out of defense. Had 15 kicks, uh, six handballs, seven marks. Um, usually a target from kick ins. Like, so they tend to go wide from mm. the kick-ins and he's generally end of, uh, you know, at least 50% of the time, I reckon. And uh, look, gets involved in the chip round as well. Won't go big every week, but he plays the right style to be a decent contributor. Um, he's probably in keeper, like he's definitely in keeper contention for next year if you own him. Mm. Uh, and he's a great pickup if you had him as well because he's scoring pretty well this season. Definitely. 
Sam Flanders had 84 points and he was only 23% owned. So he's playing a high half forward role and he won most of his foot in the middle of the ground though. So I'm not sure if he was having a bit, bit of midfield time. I haven't seen the CBAs yet because they come out tomorrow. But uh, I know last week he, over the last few weeks, he's been getting a few more. So I might have seen a little bump this week. We'll monitor that tomorrow when they come out or it'll be today when this podcast comes out. But uh, look, has been attending. Yeah, we talked about the center bounces. Um, average 90 in the NAB League and 97 in the state under 18s level um, as a junior in 2019. So he's definitely got some fancy power. Pedigree. Case, you're a bit of a Sam Flanders fan, aren't you? No. Oh, no, it's not you. Okay. No, it's not me. Sorry. Thought it was someone else. I'm sure like I'm sure yeah. it's good, but I'm not I'm not an avid supporter. Not on your radar. No. Not on your bus. No. Anyway, Dylan Moore, uh, he had 102 points and he was my streamer of the week last week. So, I hope you all listened. So, the 102 points is pretty bloody handy. Even a uh, broken clock's right by the day. <laughs> Come on, mate. This is all database as well. Well, I just went by, um, you know, previous scores and I'm more about stuff. the remedy. Yeah, you can put your gut feel. Your gut feels. I'll look at the facts. Uh, anyway, 14 kicks, four handballs, eight marks. Uh, kick three goals. High half forward connected role. Just, I'm not sold on that role. Basically, because Hawthorne... Th- you know, you're relying on Hawthorne to get the ball moving forward, and he's in a pretty bad side. So I'm just, I just don't love it. That's all. I, I agree, but as a as a Dylan Moore owner, um, I do like the way he goes about it because he actually always genuinely has a crack. Like you know, when you watch guys more because they're in your fantasy team, like yeah. he honestly just wants the footy, wants to take, wants to pressure, but. I'm kind of with you at the same time. Like, you can't trust him week in, week out purely because of the team and the role. Yeah. Um, but look, potentially, like, longer term, he's not the worst. I don't think he's a keeper necessarily, but I think he's one of those guys, like, if he went back in the pool next year, you'd probably look at early on because you know what you're going to get from him, which is which is good for those kind of small forwards. Uh, Daniel Howe had 88 points, and he's actually been good this season. So, when he's playing anyway, so he does go back a bit. I think he got injured at some stage as well. Um, he's had six out of his eight scores above 70 and four of those above 80. So, 15 of the time he's going above 80. Um, averaging 73. So, seems to be um, a lot of points scored in that Hawthorne defence as well because, you know, you got blokes like Scrimshaw who score pretty well. CJ can go pretty well back there. And, you know, when Will Day is playing, he scores well too. So, I reckon he's worth a look uh, coming out of defence. Um, mm. But, yeah, you just got to note that sometimes he won't be best 22 and sometimes he just won't play. Mm. Um, and Ned Reeves, he had 81 points. 35 hitouts versus Zach Smith who looks completely cooked, by the way. Um, but, yeah, he's... And I don't know if you've heard about this, but he's pretty tall. Um, the commentators have mentioned, mentioned that every they now mentioned now this one at a time. But yeah, he's 211 <laughs> centimetres, as we mentioned last week. It's as tall as Aaron Sanderlands. And if you're as tall as Aaron Sanderlands, you're going to be winning a lot of hitouts. So Sandy would sometimes get up to 60 hitouts per game. Like, it'd just mm. be nuts in that old contested style. So yeah, it looks to be Hawthorne's next ruck after McAvoy retires. Or I can just get on board now and just stash him for two or three years because I reckon he's going to be a decent scorer if he just wins big hitout numbers. Yeah, I'm kind of keen on him too. Like, if you, he's only really played Carlton and Gold Coast, so you can't really get a gauge on how good a tap ruck many years, yeah. etc. But it's even weird when you look at their upcoming games. They got like a bye this week, but then Sydney, Essendon, who both don't have like really solid rucks, uh, GWS. Then you know by the time they play Port, does Lysette come back? So he might actually get a few good games ahead of him before he really you know hits like a, a Gorn or someone like that um, in rounds eighteen. So definitely one to look at off the uh, waiver wire. I think in long term, I I like him. All right, guys, let's move on to the West Coast versus Essendon game. And what a story this was. What a comeback. Absolutely. There'll be a movie made of this game. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yep. Go on. You know, you know, like when uh, teams travel to Optus, like they get bumped up because of like great scores, a.k.a. like Schoenberg's 72s turning yeah. into tons. And what do they call it? A uh, 
Uh, adjusted ton. Adjusted ton. Yeah, so he's scoring seven. Adjusted ton. Yeah, there's a few adjusted tons in this game. There were a lot of adjusted <laughs> tons. Uh, but I'll start off with the West Coast team. Uh, Josh Rotham had 93. Now, I actually tweeted about this last week, uh, talking about how well S- uh, sorry, uh, West Coast players go at home as opposed to away. And uh, playing Josh Rotham at home is an absolute uh, Midas touch. Um, look, he averages 91 at home and 53 away. So... If you've got Josh Rotham, just start him whenever he's playing Optus Stadium. He had 20 touches, 11 marks. I think he's still a very underrated defender option, especially at home. He's obviously that – he's up, sorry, he's often that short switch option or, uh, or you know, that little chip-kicking defense. So, gets those marks up, gets those cheeky kicks, and uh, long-term, I love him. I think he's a good proposition. Uh, Jackson Nelson had 76. He's been pretty disappointing this year. It's only the second time he's cracked 20 touches, and he's been playing a lot more locked down than I thought this season and uh, wasn't quite in my oracle plans. But look, he got a bit more easy ball on the weekend. I tend to think his score might be a bit of an outlier this this week uh, because the defense is stacked with ball winners um, when you look through that team. You know, Hearn, Shepard, even Rotham, uh, whether and if he comes back. So, I think Nelson's always going to be that lockdown role. So, just don't get too excited about his 76 on the weekend. Uh, one guy I'm kind of quite keen on heading forward is Jake the Snake Waterman. He had 64 points, was the sub on Saturday night, but came on for Tim Kelly when he got injured. And then what we saw is when Oscar Allen went down uh, injured, he really worked into that, you know, forward role and worked into his favor quite nicely. So, basically ripped his vest off, ran on the ground, kicked the goal, nice little goal too. And after that, just kind of was really into the game, worked that high half forward role really well, went back a few times just to kind of, um, you know, ruin the Essendon forward movement, but was found out a few times uh, against some of the defenders. So, I think he's more of that, you know, high half forward role. So, if he can get into that still Oscar Allen spot for a while if his injury is bad. I think it could be a big uh, opportunity for, for Jake. So, we've talked about him a few times. He's only about 12% owned. So, handy for a waiver wire pickup as well. Yeah. Allen wasn't playing defense again. Was that forward? Up forward, yeah. So, yeah. So, that means Jake does have a role up there because he kind of plays kind of in between tall and small. Mm. So, he's kind of good for him. Because I'm just thinking if he's that down. roaming high half forward, yeah, yeah. you've got Kennedy and uh, Darling down deep. So, I reckon yeah. there's something there, especially going forward. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Hooker had 85 points. He's uh, been solid when Don's been up and about. Kicked two goals three in the weekend. And look, he's playing pretty good footy. His hands are genuinely vice-like. It just almost like a, a Charlie Dixon-style grab. The ball almost pops when he snags him. Yep. But uh, 16 touches and seven marks of him. Look, he's only 27% owned. And if he kicks a couple goals, he's more than handy as he's the uh, back forward DPP option. So, I think when the Dons are on top and they're playing good footy, uh, I think he's actually a, a pretty pretty good bet to, to score every now and then. So, a good loophole option or bench coverage for me is Big Kale. Uh, Jakey, the package stringer, 64 points. Look, it was great to have him back and slotting some big ones. Look, he just looks hungry. He looks interested. He looks ready to go. And as a Don supporter, I love the way he's going about it. He's working hard, tackling, doing it all. Only 54% 54% owned too. And uh, look, he's averaging 70 in his six non-injury affected games this season, which is not too bad. And, and as we know, uh, we'll wait out for the CBAs to come out on the um, tomorrow. But uh, he's actually been getting a lot of CBAs and then just rolling forward. So, always good to have those guys in and around the footy because he's one of those guys who can win a clearance quite easily. Yeah, he's a player that's never going to be 2G4P, but he will play a role for your team each year. Oh, and if you're going to – he's 
very consistent around that that seventy average. So yeah, yeah. great for f four f five. Yeah, uh, Andrew Phillips is uh, he scored seventy two and he's been really solid. But I think he might be a bit of fool's gold because uh, slamming Sammy Draper's just around the corner for a game. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if we really only play um, one of those rocks, whether it's Draper or Phillips. Now. Phillips could play a bit of like a mummy kind of role where he comes in against the bigger bodies, tries to, uh, you know, um, knock them out of the game. But I think if we want to get a bit more um, run around the ground and we know how good Draper is around, uh, sorry, off the deck and, uh, you know, got a bit more speed. So, yes, Phillips is going well, but if you don't have the Draper handcuff, I'd be uh, looking to put him back in the in the way of a pool and move him on. Did I hear that too, leader Peter got injured? Two-litre Peter was a late-out. Late-out, yeah, yes. So, so if, Jones came in. Yeah, okay. So, if he is out a bit more, that means they probably want a second Ruckman. They'll there, need right? someone in there. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. if Pete Wright comes back, I, don't, I actually don't know what was wrong yeah, with him. No, okay. But um, I yeah. think I don't think we can carry Phillips, Wright, and uh, Draper in the same Yeah, team. that's what I was thinking. So, mm-hmm. someone's going to have to make way. But if mm-hmm. Wright is out for a bit, then it might be you know, a case for both of them. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, and lastly, I just want to touch on Archie, uh, Archie, Archie Perkins and Nick Cox. Uh, they're both under 50% owned. And seriously, if you are down and out this season, your season's cooked, you could do a lot worse than bring them both into your side. They just show glimpses each game as to why they were uh, top draft picks last year. And I think they've got very good fantasy games. All right, let's move on to the Richmond versus Adelaide game at the traditional home ground of both of these clubs, the Giants Stadium. Look, um, when you think of blockbuster <laughs> games, do you think Giants Stadium? Because I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think of Adelaide versus Richmond when I think of blockbuster games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, it's quite uh, <laughs> vast between the uh, stat difference here between the two game styles on the day. So, Crows played this quick attacking style footy, whereas Richmond played this chip and mark footy. And uh, you can see in their scores, but... Um, Look, some of the Crows players to touch on. Taking a bit more of a uh, long-term approach here, but Ned uh, Ned McHenry scored 72 points, and he's actually been pretty solid this year, uh, footy-wise, I've thought. And the last three games, which uh, apart from his concussion game aside, he's averaging high 60s. Now, he's been a really good pressure player, and while he's got to um, get a bit more footy than just you know the 19 touches, he actually looks really likely. Like he actually is bouncing around. He's Always seems to be around the footy, which is good. Now, it's his third year. Obviously, not his breakout year. Well, it is, but uh, it's not really breaking out half. But uh, he is playing that wing high half forward role. And I think from the Crows players, of the guys who are genuinely, genuinely youngsters, he looks like one who could be uh, more likely to get some mid-time if he can just put a bit more size on. And might be one that's uh, a fourth-year breakout candidate, which doesn't happen too often because we know it always happens third year. Always third year. Uh, Tom Duda, he scores oh, six. I get Ned McHenry mixed up with um, your mate Chase Jones. So, yeah. how's Chase Jones going at the moment? Uh, horribly. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Uh, Tom Duday scored 68. Look, he's super solid in all ways. And I think he's one of the great intercept markers in the game. He's 24 years old. And if you're taking a long-term point of view with your keeper league, I think if the Crows can improve and some of their key backs like Butts and Murray, even McCasey, when he gets a chance, if they can become like genuine lockdown tools, I think it will free up someone like Tom Duda to become that intercept marker and just be a really uh, attacking player. So I'm not quite sure when that is, but uh, I think if you did have Duda, I'd be more than happy to keep him going forward because his good game's good, but I just think once the Crows start to improve, just that touch and their defence just tightens up a bit. He could go from being like a, an okay defender to being a, like a you know top 20, top 30 defender. Do you think he's actually like a, a keeper candidate or just someone solid that you pick up in a draft each year? Uh, I think you could keep him. I think you could make okay. a case. Okay. 
like as your last kind of speculative keeper. All right. Especially if your defence is a bit weak. I think because he takes enough grabs and he kicks the ball a lot, like he's a very good player. And as I, just, I said, like if he can actually just get a bit more of a fantasy-friendly role, which he could, um, he could be the guy. I just don't see him scoring too much better and I feel like he's just a player that you can pick up someone who's going to average 70 in the draft most years. But if you play in a league with heaps of Crow supporters, he never slips into that pool. Oh, well, then that's fine. There's <laughs> usually other good players to pick up then. Uh, and lastly, Riley Thilthorpe, 54 points from him. Look, nothing crazy stats-wise with 10 touches and a goal, but look, he looked really good at times. I reckon he's just a couple years away from taking the lead by a storm. Like Some of the stuff he did below his feet was exceptional on the weekend, has great speed, has good size, and I think he's going to be a ruck forward DPP for life almost because he's so good up key forward, but he's actually quite handy you know, for, for an 18-, 19-year-old kid uh, in the ruck. So deep legs, get involved in him. I, I've got some big high hopes for Riley Thilthorpe. Uh, Jack Rio had 140 points. His game literally had it all. Uh, obviously, took one of the great marks of all time, but also managed to be a guy who dropped the ball and got a free tackle, uh, got a free kick for it. So, um, obviously, the uh, the words from Damien Hardwick in the the media just made the umpires pay all these shit free kicks to just, Richmond. Just quickly, Jack Rewalt's mark or Nick Rewalt's mark? Nick Rewalt's by yeah, a mile. Same. Yeah, they were comparing him today. Like, no, it's yeah. not even a contest. <laughs> like, Jack's was good. Yeah. But Nick's was fucking next level. So, I'm just glad we're on the same page. Yeah, no, nah, 100%. Cool. Uh, look, Jack had a, a genuine day out on the weekend. 20 touches, 14 marks, kicked five goals too. And obviously, it's not going to happen very often. And if you want to see the split between good Jack and bad Jack, he's tunned up twice this year, but he's also had three games under 50. So, that's what you're going to get this year. So, uh, he's about 40% owned. The good thing about him is uh, obviously, he could be a game winner for you. And if you're looking ahead... Uh, Richmond play the Hawks in round 23 and he could genuinely feast that day. So, just wanted to keep in mind if you are heading towards the finals. Uh, Josh Caddy had 108 points, 24 touches, 12 marks and zero chance he hold his spot next week. You reckon? But, nah, he probably does. But yeah. I think when they're back to full strength, he someone's going to replace him because his game on the weekend just was a bit of a nothing game. He scored well purely because of how Richmond chipped the ball around and he was the um, he got the best of that. We have been talking about his performances in the VFL over the last mm. few weeks and he's been putting up some mega fantasy scores. So mm. it's just interesting to see him come into the senior side and do that. Um, what did Presti, Presti wasn't back this week, was he? He was back. He was back. He was so? kind of a bit, he looked a yeah, kind of see, and of run. Edwards is probably coming back as well. Still got so. Edwards to come back in. He's still got yeah. Lambert to come back in. There's still plenty of good players to come into yeah, that side. Yeah, true. He probably won't get the same role going forward. But no. just that, yeah, VFL scoring was just interesting to see that he came in and do it at AFL level. Mm. But anyway. It must be one of the – I think they must be deliberately chipping it around a bit more on that Richmond side because that seemed to be their, their style of game. Play the kind ball of, off. Yeah, take yeah. the speed out of the game. But I do think his game is a bit of fool's gold um, and it's basically purely on Richmond's game style. I'm not saying if he – like I think if he plays, he'll score well, but I don't like him long ter- long term for the for the Tigers. Uh, Callum Coleman-Jones had 76 points and the avid pod listeners out there will be know – or sorry, will know he's been absolutely smashing it in the VFL side of late. Uh, he continued that on Saturday and I thought he was really good. Uh, clunked some nice marks, kicked four goals. The interesting thing is he's out of contract at Richmond and he does have a lot of suitors if you listen to the media. So he could, uh, yeah, obviously be a big help to his AFL chances if he went to another club. But uh, look, looks a very handy ruck forward option. And if you can, I think you'd stash him because, uh, yeah, he looks he looks the goods. He looks a, a genuine player. 
And lastly, Liam Baker, 85 points. Yes, he still scored well, but please sell now if you can. The midfield time was just absolutely gone. He went back to that lockdown halfback role. Really, his score was inflated because of that that nine marks with their chip around style of game. So, um, if you do own him and you do want to move him on, do it now because uh, it's only going to get worse from here. Now, I didn't see a second of the Sydney versus Carlton game because in between pubs and walking to Adelaide Oval for a great game of footy between Port Adelaide and Fremantle. So, you're going to have to fill me in on some of the fantasy scores. (laughs) Uh, It was okay for uh, the middle two quarters, but uh, yeah, it kind of was a bit of a blowout. Uh, Sydney Carlton. Yeah, look, it was okay. Uh, Carlton are just a horrible side to watch, if I'm brutally honest with you. But uh, look, we will get onto that. One second. Yeah, so I will go with Harry Cunningham first up. 115 points for him. Look, he had 27 touches and 10 marks. Had a pretty busy day down back at times. Had to stand any bets when he was on fire for a while. And look, in a day, he put up a good score. And Harry Cunningham is actually a very underrated fantasy player, if you don't know. He's a bit of a podcast favourite because he just knows how to find the ball. He's averaging 83 in his last five and he's only 48% owned, which I find crazy for a for a defender. 27 years old, kind of in his scoring prime. So. He had a pretty quiet start this year, hasn't he? He did, but yeah. he's really coming- And he was injured a lot last yeah, year? Yeah, he was coming strong. He's coming strong now. So, yeah. um, would be a very nice pickup if you do need some back cover. Tommy Papley, 97 points from him. It was his best fantasy game of the year for little Paps. Look, he's been very frustrating for fantasy owners, I would know, as I am one. But I just don't understand why a game like this isn't the norm for him. He had 15 touches, six marks, five tackles, three goals. That should almost be a a par game for him, but it just doesn't seem to be, even though he is kicking regular goals. But he's been one of my draft busts this season. The only thing I have got in mind, he plays North and Gold Coast in his last two games this season. So I do hold some faith he could be a, a knockout chance for a, for a nice score in the in the finals. And lastly, Chad Warner and Dylan Stevens have Chad had 52, Dylan had 42. Both have bad roles at the moment. Chad has a better role because he's out on that wing, but he's not getting those midfield minutes like he had earlier in the year. The, um, you know, Robottom coming back in has kind of ripped some of that stuff out of him. But I still think he's got it. I did say it last week. I think he does need a rest. He just looks a bit flat. But your boy, Dylan Stevens, he is basically playing as a half forward flanker and that is not his goal at all. Sydney has some genuine midfield depth and I genuinely worry for someone like Dylan Stevens because, you know, they could throw Braden Campbell back in that side. You know, no one else is doing anything wrong. I actually worry about Stevens holding his spot because the role that he's playing isn't his go-to. Surely trade him, trade him, trade him somewhere good. Oh, now, take him. now it's all about trading. <laughs> See? A uh, bit of a joke from the Wavewire podcast, but anyway. Um, uh, and over. lastly, Carlton. I notice you've got no names written down here. What's going on? Well, look. 16 of their 23 players who took the field scored 60 or less. Yeah. It's just absolute trash. Outside their top five players, uh, Carlton are genuinely trash. Now- Is Harry Mackay still a heaply relevant player? Or is he 2G? Uh, no, he's he's doing well. He's one of their good players now. So yeah, but is, Cripps, he, is he 2G? He's 2G, I think. He kicked three goals, five points. He could have yeah, gone big. Scored 81 points. Yeah. Look, he's averaging, what's he averaging? 74.9 for the season. So no, he's still quite. probably in the pod. But not look, quite. if you're not, name's not Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh, Sam Doherty, or probably Nick Newman, you actually, no one else is actually relevant in that Colton side. Like, you look through all these names, it's just like Mark Murphy came on as a sub. That's how well he's going. Mick Gibbons was injured. But then, like, Liam Stocker, what are you doing? 40 points. Fogarty, what are you doing? 41 points. 
Cottrell, who the hell are you? 45 points. Who the fuck is always 50 points? Like <laughs> Jack Martin, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, 56 points back in. But like we're talking premiums here. Zach Williams had 60 and Adam Saad had 60. And then Will Setterfield, who I'm not sure what you're really doing in that Carlton side, 60 points too. Like they are lost. Their recruiting is horrid and they just have, as I've said all year, they have 10 of the same player and it doesn't help their side whatsoever. Jeez, like, yeah, you what you don't know heartache until you, like, meet a Carlton supporter, really. Like, it just sucks to be one, to be honest. But to be honest, man, don't touch Carlton. If they're, unless they're Cripps, Walsh, Doherty, Newman, don't touch a Carlton player because it's just going to cause you absolute heartbreak fantasy-wise and fuck being a Carlton supporter. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry to any Carlton supporters out there, but they probably agree with us, to be honest. <laughs> uh, let's go to the mighty Adelaide Oval for the Port Adelaide versus Fremantle game. Uh, good evening. I, s- I watched this with Doss, actually. Went to the footy with Doss on the weekend. <laughs> Great. And had quite a few beers. So memories you have of- observable thirst at the football? Uh, yeah, had a- yeah, I was pretty thirsty. Um, but yeah, memory's a bit hazy from what actually happened, but uh, we'll see if it matches up. Listeners can tweet in whether what I say here matches up. That with what happened in the game. Um, Peter Adams, uh, 103 points. Um, this is a genuinely tough one. So he's playing too good to be dropped when last returns, but and only like narrowly lost out to Darcy, lost to Darcy in the hitouts, who's in good form. And Adams traditionally hasn't been a good hitout rutman, so he's been actually winning a few. I know he got smashed the last week against Grundy, but he did well against uh, Jordan Sweet as well, which I know is probably a lesser opposition, but you know, he's never been a good tap right one anyway. But yeah, he kicked two goals as well and he's genuinely just good around the ground and as a forward, you just got to hope he plays, like he's listed as a forward and hopefully he plays in tandem with Scott Lysett and gets more of a split but I'm just not sure that happens but like I said, he's just playing too well to get dropped again so we're just going to have to wait and see what happens there. But who are they dropping? Yeah, well I guess Dixon, Marshall yeah, maybe or Marshall. Yardis. Yeah, one of those three. Um, but then, I don't know, we tried the four tools against West Coast and it did not work. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we got pumped. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. But um, like I said, he's playing too well to get dropped. So, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But, yeah, if I think when Lysa does come back, you can say goodbye to the 90-plus scoring he's been doing for the last three weeks. Correct. Um, Charlie Dixon had 98 points and he just dominated on Cox early, kicked three goals, took five marks. He's a dangerous player when left one-on-one, but it just doesn't happen often enough because he generally has three or four blokes hanging off him. So he's not going to be a great fantasy scorer when that's happening. He's still only a loophole option for mine, but you yep. do enjoy it when he does pop up with a game like this. Let's be honest, Fremantle's defense isn't the greatest. No, like, absolutely key not. defense. So and they got a lot of injuries He should there. be feasting. Yeah. Uh, Sam Pepper had 93 points, kicked three goals, and he scored well without the midfield clock, but Again, he needed to kick those three goals to get there. And Port were playing against a um, Port, you know, were on top all game, playing against a lesser opposition. As a forward, though, he's handy and he's actually on the right track to keep forward status, which coaches will be happy with. So it could be okay as long as he matures and becomes like a decent forward option. Um, yeah, it's just that if he's not playing that midfield clock, is he going to be that forward option? Because he's not going to kick three goals each week. So it's just going to be interesting and one to monitor. Now, Trent McKenzie had 89 points and Cannon. he was just good in a real football sense as well. He went at 94 percent disposal efficiency and he just marks everything that came his way really and takes kickings too with that long leg so not the worst option if you need cover in defense and i actually like him in the port side more than i like cleary right now i'm um, cleary is out injured but i don't know i think he's playing too well to go out again as well and i think and i said this at the start of the year actually cleary probably should be the one who makes way because the cannon was so good last year so hopefully he actually retains it and he can do, do some nice things fantasy wise as well i called him in the uh waiver wire pod last week did yeah. he take any kickouts? Yeah, he took a few, things. I reckon. Yeah. See, that's an easy, easy 15, 20 points each yeah. week with him. 
Yeah, so Port do us a bit of a split, so it's not like guaranteed. Mm. But yeah. yeah, with that big leg, he can take him for sure. Uh, Tom Jonas had 88 points, took 11 marks for 14 kicks. Without Tabner, uh, forward Frio are just a bit wayward, uh, wayward and they just he capitalised on that. Don't mind him as cover on the bench or some of that, but I don't think he's much to you know put on field. Riley Bonner had 86 points and he played heartless role essentially. So on the halfback flank, Good for fantasy if you can play it well. Um, hopefully, he can, he can maintain it as well. Preseason, they said he'd taken his game to another level um, this year. Worked on his running, was spending a bit of time on the wing with the midfield crew. And, you know, on the weekend, he actually used the ball okay as well. So, if this continues, he should score fantasy-wise, um, well, fantasy-wise, because he does kind of look like a fantasy player when he's out there. And, yeah, if he's playing on the halfback, he should get a fair bit of ball, especially with a few um, of the more senior players out at the moment as well. So, um, yeah, speaking of senior players, this guy isn't. Uh, Lockie Jones, he has 70 three points and he looked just settled in defense and I think he might be working his way into it he's not a huge ball winner but he takes a few marks and can definitely lay a tackle because he is a big fella so I reckon just monitor going forward Lockie Jones um I'm not sure he's like even in underage stuff not a huge fantasy scorer more like a quality over quantity but also just kind of like a bit more defensive as well but like I said He's got a good head on his shoulders, and if he can use it to his advantage, he can get in some good spots and get a few kicks in every now and then. Now, you've just spoken about a third of the Port Adelaide side. Well, there were just there was that many good scores. Seven of 22 you've spoken about. Every, like I said, my general rule of thumb is that uh, if you score over 80, you go, right, Port are a good fantasy side, man. Can't really deny it. Um, anyway, James H., let's talk about Fremantle then. He's the only one really good for Fremantle, worth talking about on the keeper league uh, front. Uh, he's coming out of defence, and I reckon he's suited to that role. I know he played in the wing a lot last uh, year, but kind of off a halfback in this game and for the last few weeks. Um, good scores are few and far between with him, though. Averaging 70 this season with uh, only three scores above uh, 80 from his 11 games. So not a player for me, just a bit, you know, bit of a tip of the cap with 87 points. And that concludes the round rewind. So done. That how long does a round rewind take to you know do each week? Case it's hours, isn't it, to go through all the games? Yeah, write notes, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, no. But yeah, if you appreciate the work that we do bringing you the podcast each week, um, you could uh, support the podcast by becoming a member. Just if you appreciate what we do um, each week on this show, but then in return you receive all of our uh, bonus resources as well, which includes projections, state league fantasy scores, weekly updates of the breakout tracker, and many other um, premium resources that work for classic draft and keeper league. So mm-hmm. there's some good stuff there. So if you're keen to support us, uh, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click on the link in the description below and uh, yeah, sign up today. Heck yeah. But uh, yeah, the gold members read. We got another five this week to read out. So thank you to Big Unk, Thomas Webster, Mr. K, Aaron Todd, and Shannon Wood. So thank you for signing up as gold members and supporting the Keeper League podcast. All right, let's get on to the projections for the week. All right, before we get into our weekly projection picks, Kays is going to run us through some of the state league numbers on the weekend. Now, the VFL didn't play due to the lockdown in Melbourne. And shout out to our um, Melbourne listeners as well. There's a heap of them. Uh, hopefully, this podcast can bring you something to do over the next uh, few days. But uh, yeah, you'll be right. You'll power through. You've done way longer than this before. So um, yeah, just a shout out to those listeners out there. Yeah, so the SANFL this week, uh, Kieran Strawn went 120 um, in the ruck for the Crows. So he's uh, 41 hitouts. He's he's definitely in around the mark for a game where the, if Rob you know ever slows down. I don't think he gets in unless Rob is injured. Though, Correct. Surely. But yeah. you know, it's always good to have your Rutman dominating. Crows uh, always have a good backup Rutman. They do. So they had Sauce, they had Rob to Sauce, and mm. then there's someone before that, I think, as well. But yeah, anyway, they, they do okay with their backup rucks. 
Yes. Uh, Sam Mays had 125. Sorry, missed him at the top. Uh, 30 touches for Port. But he's been playing through that midfield, which uh, is great for him in the Sandful, but probably doesn't ever get that role in the uh, AFL side. Uh, old mate, observable thirst, Andrew McPherson had 118. Um, he's obviously knocking around for a spot there. Sam Hayes putting the pressure on um, Pete Laddams. He had 99 points with 36 hitouts. No chance coming in. No. On to the waffle. Reese Conker had 97 points. He's obviously always around the mark for a game at Frio. Uh, Ronan O'Connor got dropped the other week. He bounced back 95 points in the sandfall. Xavier O'Neill, potentially a spot opens up for him this week with um, Tim Kelly injured. So He's always popping up in these state league yeah, numbers. Yeah, he's playing so. good. And we always know that Waffle is always harder to get really big scores in for some yeah. reason. Uh, so, 95 points there is pretty good going. So, keep Xavier O'Neill on your radar. Uh, Jackson Haley, always around the mark in the sandfall. 90 points from him. Dylan Williams, 88 points. And Josh Worrell, 84, rounds out the uh, the numbers from the state leagues this weekend. All right, let's get into the projection picks. So, in this segment, we pick a captain outside of the top 10, a loophole option from the first four games, four or five, depending on how we're feeling, uh, games of the round, um, a streamer who matches up well against their opposition that you should put on the field, um, who hasn't started in many leagues, and a waiver off the waiver wire picks are some we think he's worth picking up going forward. So, Kays, you're going to love my captain of the week. Who is it? And it is Ben Keys, the great man. His form is way too good to ignore. So, averaging 120 from his last three, and look, he only averages 48 against uh, Collingwood. So, last week, I don't know if you guys saw on social media, but after I adjusted all the um, the different grounds and the you know venue change and stuff like that, Ben Keys actually jumped into the top 20 AFL fantasy projections for the first time ever. So, uh, yeah. I, I obviously never doubted him, Casey. You're probably the one who's always doubted him. But uh, <laughs> I've never. This is the biggest backflip in history of the world. Look, like, since he came on the show, he's become a favourite person. That's all it takes. You know, if you want to get on my good side, just come on my podcast. Okay. Uh, but okay. anyway, uh, look, like I said, he's only averaging 48 against Collingwood, so he drops out of the top 20 projections this week. But he's definitely a different player now. Um, he's basically Matt Crouch from what Matt Crouch was for the Crows. So, and Collingwood give up the fifth most points to midfielders this season as well. So I reckon mm. he's in for a, a big game. Who's your captain option for the week? My captain option after coming off a Jack Steele-inspired selection last week. Uh, Dom Sheed for me. Look, Tim Kelly's gone. Uh, Elliot Yo looks completely undone. Uh, he absolutely went bananas uh, after Kelly went down last week. He scored 135. He's averaging 104 in his last three. Uh, they're playing Carlton this week. who are absolutely useless, and they allowed... Basically, four midfield tons against Sydney last week. So, I think Dom Sheed is going to feast against Carlton. Just quietly, my pick of uh, Marcus Bontempelli last week wasn't too shabby either. What did he score? 120-something. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty happy with that one. Um, let's move on to our loophole options. Um, I've got Will Hoskin Elliott. So, he's been up and down over the past few weeks, but he's averaging 84 from his past three. Had 51 on the last week, uh, last week's game. So, he's not that trustworthy, but it's a type of player that if you do stick on the bench, um, he can pop up and then you can just easily loop him onto your field. And it should be a pretty fantasy-friendly game against Adelaide. Both sides are kind of wallowing down the bottom. They're not playing for too much at the moment, maybe just a little bit of pride. So, um, yeah, if that game does go ahead and 
depends where it goes ahead. Mm. But um, yeah, I think uh, that'll be a pretty fa- good fantasy scoring game. So Will Hoskinelli is one I'll just put on the bench. You know, if he goes 51 again, doesn't matter. He's on your bench. But if he does go big, which he's shown, you know, 84 from his past three, it might be a decent uh, player to bring on the field. Who's your option? Uh, my loophole of the week is a bit of a left field one, but I'm going to go Riley Thilthorpe. Now, okay. he's surprisingly 57% owned. So people are getting on board with him, you know, as a, a long-term option. But what I like, he's got the right forward DPP, but so you can play him on either ruck or forward option. But they're playing. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, sorry. Okay. But they're playing <laughs> Carlton this. Uh, sorry, they're playing Collingwood this week, and I'm just thinking, there's no Brody Grundy, so Darcy Cameron's going to be the number one ruck. If Thilthorpe then goes into number two, he's going to feast against some absolutely nobody like Jordan Roughhead. Uh, he's probably going to probably kick a few goals because we know that. Uh, Collingwood are leaking points as well. So, I reckon there's enough people who own him who could just put him on the bench and see how he goes as a loophole option this week. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Phil Thorpe. All right. On to the streamers. My streamer of the week is Trent Cochin. So, he's only started in 54% of leagues. So, he has a good record against Essendon. He averages 98 against them. And he also had 109 um, against the Crows last week. So, Crows, Essendon, probably similar oppositions at the moment, although Essendon are up and about. Um, averaging 80 from his last three as well. So, I reckon Trent Cochin, um, you can bring him on the field this week and he should go okay. Another one. Um, yeah. Another streamer for the week for you guys. Mm. Oh, sorry. Just sorry, on the back of last week, Dylan Moore, get around me. That was uh, my stream. hundred and what? He have hundred and nine on the week. Well done, yeah. yeah. So you go. This this high. You listen. He's building. If you listen to if you listen this far into the podcast, uh, you, you do get some, it. You do get some gems. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, my streamer of the week is Jake Waterman. So uh, he came on on the weekend and talked about him before against Essendon. Uh, managed to kick two goals, 12 touches, uh, 64 points from 63% time on ground. What I like, uh, playing Carlton, who, uh, yeah, look, I don't think are much chop. And I think if he can take that third tall role up in that West Coast forward line with no Oscar Allen, I'm liking that. Uh, he can kind of get up the ground, be a bit of a prowler. And uh, look, I reckon he can get you a, an 80-ish score this weekend. All right. Big one for Jake Waterman. Um, waiver pickup of the week for me. This is an easy one again. Trent Bianco, uh, debut last weekend. Um, and look, he might be forgotten about in quite a few leagues because he is his second year in the comp, mm-hmm. but he's had a few injury concerns and um, didn't play last year. So he might have uh, slipped through the through to the keeper. He's only 36% owned um, and he averaged 103 in the NAB League as a junior. So he's got a nice fantasy role. So Trent Bianco is my waiver wire pickup of the week. Who's yours, Case? Uh, I'm going to go with one that we're getting on early, Toby McLean. Okay. So you want to say that, you know, Paddy Lipinski's borderline keeping a spot in the team. Yeah. We know that Not Toby anymore. Mc- he's in now because everyone's injured. But we know that Toby McLean is a good fantasy scorer on his day. Yeah. He's just kind of got back. He would have played VFL on the weekend, but yeah, obviously- okay. The thing is there. Now, we're going through buy period. You know, not everyone's playing through. There's yep. a few guys that are, now, you know, see where you're going with this. take for the picking. So, I reckon Pick jump on now. On now yep. 26% owned currently and he's a forward and we know his best footy is very much good enough to be, uh, you know, very fantasy relevant for your side. So, look, if you're just taking a few weeks off and you're just looking around, I reckon uh, Toby McLean's definitely one who's undervalued around at the moment. All right, uh, so if you want more projections or you want more wave wire pickup options, uh, you want state league fantasy scores, so basically uh, you can have access to our projections. Um, each week they're updated weekly. Uh, wave wire pickups, we do a whole podcast on wave wire pickups so that's available to members and uh, state league fantasy scores. Basically anyone who plays in the state league will give you a fantasy score for them. That's AFL listed, that is. So if you can to get your hands on all that to help you out with your fantasy teams, uh, head to Keeper League P- Pod. 
keeperleaguepod.com.au and uh, sign up as a member and you'll get access to all that. Uh, before we get on to the listener questions, we've got an Apple review. Um, and please keep these coming in. I think we've only got one or two um, left in the bank before we kind of have to beg for more. So just keep them coming in if you can, um, if you've got an Apple device, so that way we can just read one out each week. But uh, Darren X Frop says, uh, Golden, the premium fantasy podcast without question. Heck yeah. Down with the claws. There's been a few down with the claws uh, comments on our um, comments and things like that. So I think that must be, a, I think it might be a punters club or something. I think it is, or it's a group or, or a league or something like that. But uh, I think it's got something to do with our mate Churdo who hooked us up with that uh, Zambrero <laughs> sponsorship because I reckon he's put it in a comment somewhere as well. So <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few of that crew getting involved. But anyway, they love the pod, so and we love hearing from them. So Legends. thank you for that. All right, let's move on. All right, during the day, we put the call out on social media for some listener questions. So, the first one comes from Paul Milne. Uh, Who is the one player, no matter how good they are, that you simply cannot take in your squad? So, Paul's is um, Toby Green, and the reason is he's a major dickhead. I actually like Toby Green. I just like a little bit of niggle about him. I kind of like the way he gets under the skin. Nothing wrong with that. Of course he does. But you don't like beast mode. He does a few dodge. I don't mind it. I'm warming to beast mode. I definitely am over the last few years. I don't like like the, you know, when he kicks people in the chest and stuff like that. But I do just like there's one player that gets under opposition skin. But that's fair enough, Paul. Who's one player that you can't take in your side? Uh, Aaron Hall. Oh, really? Yeah. I love Aaron Hall. But like, what is he? so well. What does he actually do? Scores bulk fantasy yeah, points out of defense. Yeah, but apart from that, you just watch <laughs> him play. Like, you just watch him playing just like you're playing like yeah, you play a role that does not help anyone. Yeah, true. I get you. Like, it's detrimental to their future that he's playing this role. Mine is um, Cam Guthrie. Like, I just look at him and I just see a spud. I don't care how well he scores, just from years and years and years of like kind of, I think I've owned him a couple of times and he yeah. hasn't done this for me. Where he's been averaging 50s Yeah, and that's stuff what like I mean. That. Like yeah. he hasn't done what he's doing now for me. It's just like, I'll look at you and go, you're always going to be a spud Myers. So, no, nah, Cam Guthrie, I'm never having you on my team unless someone wants to trade him to me for free. Or he comes on the pod. Or yeah, he come on the pod, then I love him. Yeah. That's sure. Um, Nathan Obermuller uh, asks, Obermuller asks, um, if you have buyers turned off, how should you be valuing players with unclear injury timelines? So, e.g., Matt Crouch, wait until the end of the buys or trade early? What do you think? Probably depends on where your team's sitting. Absolutely. I think. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Look, um, someone like Matt Crouch, you know, I think we've had, we had a question uh, come through on our DMs during the week, half about what, you know, there's a few trades for Matt Crouch going around at the moment because obviously, you know, some people are in the window and looking to capitalize and some people are going, oh, what do I do? Look, if your if your season's cactus, it doesn't matter if Matt Crouch plays round twenty to twenty three. Like you're stashing him for you know next year in the future. Yeah. Um. And likewise, like the longer term injuries or the the unclear ones where it's TBC. Like, just if they're not, if you don't think that they're going to be right or useful to you come the end of the year, if you if you're not contending, just get rid of them. Like, especially with a lot of clubs, sorry, and leagues having um deadlines with trades and stuff like that around the the June July time. Yeah, like if you're out of contention, oh no, if you're out of contention, I can just hold because he'll go somewhere good next Correct, year. Yeah, and then, but yeah, if you are in contention, you need that. You need the points. Might be worth moving on, but just don't get too ripped off. That's all, because mm. you probably will a little bit for him. But anyway, uh, 
What's the next question, Case? Uh, from at Timothy J13. Is the Braden side bump real? 90 odd points against the, against the Cats and Taylor Adams listed as two to three weeks away. Plenty of knee issues this year. Yeah, I think we talked about this on the on the pod, but um, earlier on the pod tonight. But uh, yeah, look, Pendlebury has been playing injured up forward. His CBAs have been re- reduced to nothing while that's happened. And like you mentioned, Taylor Adams is two, uh, two to three weeks away. But when those players do come back, I don't know. I think he might struggle a little bit to keep scoring like this anyway. Look, I'm impressed that it was this week, but look, too much early on in the season. He's burnt coaches with his oh, he's average scores. He's burnt for two years by not no, but getting a game. ample opportunity to score oh, well yeah, this year when he was in the team um, and just couldn't do it. So, yeah, I I'm, um, I'm, don't believe it's the real deal. Uh, Aaron Ludwig, 14. I'm sick of looking at LDU on my keepers. Watched him play and he looks mopey <laughs> AF. Dump him? Question mark. <laughs> mopey. Is that like in his demeanour or just because he kind of mopes around the ground? I'd mope too if I play for North Melbourne. Yeah. I'd, be like, I'd just be kicking grass around. I'm sick of this shit. Play uh, for North. No, I don't dump him. I think like he's actually putting together an okay season. As I said before, like they just need to get games into these kind of guys and they can get rid of Jack Zebel and Aaron Hall and like maybe LDU can play the the slut halfback role. Like it's, it's frustrating to watch North Melbourne at the moment because like their younger guys just show bits and glimpses and – yeah, look, potentially at times LDU looks disinterested or, you know, a bit slow, but I think he's actually the future in that midfield. Yeah, I don't know about dumping him. I'd facilitate offers and see what people, you know, would offer up for him and look at your team and see if he actually does, can fit as like a probably, what is the average, like around the 80 mark yeah. um, as a midfielder. If that's something your team needs, then maybe, I don't know. I think it'd be the worst option to dump him, but I just think surely you've got worse things happening in your team to have to dump him if you if he's if he's your worst problem then you're going okay i guess hmm. um at legless simo this is simo the guy who, um does the the article on thursdays of the captains and streamers and did our notes tonight um is at tkl case that's you getting mm-hmm. on a plane to perth for Dreamtimer optus and will he uh, guest appear at bright tank brewing co now this stems from when you sent me a message saying what are the um what are the best breweries to mm-hmm. go to in Perth and I mm-hmm. said head to Bright Tank Brewing Co. Simo's mm-hmm. uh, involved with that one yep. and you didn't go yep you went to like what little creatures again some mass produced you know <laughs> crap brewery uh, that doesn't put tender love and care into their beers <laughs> what's going on there genuine fake news oh uh, what <laughs> what you didn't go to Bright Tank or what. No, I didn't, but I ran out of time because there was cyclone conditions in Perth that day. Oh, okay. That was my scheduled day and oh, okay. I couldn't quite make it that you, day. You would have blown away if you went there. I would have, yeah, yeah. I would have been sucked into the- uh, Eye of the storm. Indian Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Fremantle Doctor take you out. Is it that did. It just <laughs> me away and they <laughs> yeah. took me down all the way down to Little Creatures. <laughs> the Fremantle Doctor was angry that day. Yeah. Um, I would love to, but I don't think it's going to happen this week, but I'm excited. I'll be definitely in Perth in October, so- I will uh, definitely be at Bright Tank Brewery early October and uh, maybe a few WA listeners we can get together, have a couple of beers. I might, I might come across for a beer, just do the four-hour flight for it. Hell yeah. That'd be great. Uh, got some uh, virgin credit to actually use. Uh, what week, better way to do it? We had a trip planned where we were going to go to Melbourne and catch up with some listeners and have some beers and watch some games and it never happened, so I've still got the credit for that sitting around. Anyway. Uh, at Isaac underscore WF, Sarong absolutely cooking my season. Surely it's a ride-it-out situation, right? Yeah, surely. It's second-year blues. It's just what happens. Um, his gun in the making and you got to wait for his third-year breakout. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I think it's maths. Yeah, it's science. Uh, at Robert Hatcher, fifteen. Who's had the biggest increase average in points? Is it a guy like Keys? Is or sorry, or is there a sleeper flying under the radar? All right. So I actually went and worked this out. 
Um, there's cases actually the twenty second most improved this season on average. Yeah, on their it's average because he was a gun last year. So this is like adjusted too. So we've gone yeah. um, multiplied by one point two five. I think from it was last year yeah. um, from last year. So the best, the most improved players. I'll read through them right up to Ben Keys at twenty two. So Jack Siebel is sixty two points better. Uh, Nick Newman plus forty nine. And that's injury affected. Marcus Adams plus 48. Dyson Happel plus 46. Ryan Burns plus 45. He had one stinker and then only played one game. So Burns is going okay. Luke Shuey plus 41. Played one game and it was big. Jarman Impey plus 40. Matthew Owies plus 38. Uh, Chad Warner, Tom Campbell both plus 38. Nick Hine, Bailey Dale, Taylor Walker all plus 37. Tom Hickey plus 35. Lockie Ash is up 33 points. Aaron Norton and Devin Robinson uh, Robertson up 32. Harry Edwards, Jesse Hogan, Taylor Garner up 30. Atu Bosnavalugi is up well 29. And then Ben Keyes is up 28 points coming in at 22. So he's up 28 points on average from last year, which is huge still. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's quite a few players there that are on the up. Mm. Some are circumstantial. And some of like you know players like Nick Hine just didn't even get an opportunity at uh, St Kilda and he's playing well. So yeah, there's a few that are on the up there like Dyson Apple's injury affected, mm. Nick Newman was injury affected. So there's some ones there that there's that's the reason why they're up and about. But no, nah, Ben Keys isn't the best, but he's doing pretty well. He's still the best yeah. ever. Anyways, before you start talking about Ben Keys for the next fifteen minutes, uh, I got one last question. Okay, it's from Tim Scrote. Oh God, yeah. He says hi guys, love the pod. I'm in a long-term keeper league and currently rebuilding. The fantasy gods have offered up a choice between Brandon Ellis, Jack Scrimshaw and Seb Ross or Dylan Stevens, Nick Blakey and Pete Laddams. Which do you guys recommend for the short slash long-term? This seems uh, very, very specific because they're exactly the players I dropped last season and opted to uh, keep. I actually saw this question come through and I blocked him straight from that Twitter account. So, uh, yeah, genuine troll account, um, I think. So, blocked from and I'm not going to offer um, a response to that question. So, anyway, that's a Zambrero wrap on the back of that. So, uh, get around us on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, that's at Keep League Pod on all of those. Remember to drink Remedy Kombucha, eat Zambreros, enter the competition, buy some Remedy using the Keeper code, the coupon code Keeper20. And, uh, yeah, get around our the podcast we sponsor, which is the Point of Difference podcast, affectionately known as the Pod Pod. So, anything else from you, guys before we wrap Zambrero, wrap this up? No, bring on the buy rounds. Yeah, a bit of peace and respite for some. Mm. Uh, some chaos for AFL Fantasy Classic coaches, but you've given up on that, so it does not matter. Anyway, uh, we'll see you next week and uh, yeah, enjoy. Catch up.